You're listening to Zion News On Demand. Hello and welcome to ILTV Zion News and the Blaze Radio Network. Coming up in today's newscast, the tentative ceasefire with Gaza seems to be holding. Defense Minister Lieberman resigns from his post and a letter on German anti-Semitism written by famed physicist Albert Einstein in 1922 sells at auction. After over 460 rockets fell from Gaza into southern Israel in just 25 hours, Israeli officials and Gaza terror groups have come to a shaky yet holding ceasefire. There have not been any reports of rocket fire from Gaza since Tuesday evening, allowing some semblance of normalcy to resume in the south. Egyptian officials facilitated the hours-long negotiations between Israel and Hamas Tuesday afternoon. IDF forces did apprehend a Gazan-Palestinian man this morning, however, acting on his own along the northern Gaza border fence. The suspect reportedly threw a few grenades at the security barrier, which failed to detonate. Israeli soldiers shot and wounded the suspect before arresting him, at which point they also found a pair of bolt cutters and a knife on his person. It's for reasons like this, as well as the possibility that hostilities might resume at any moment, that Israeli forces have remained at their posts along the Strip. And in fact, both Israeli and Palestinian military officials have stated their determination to respond diligently to any threat. Restrictions on southern Israeli residents were, however, lifted last night as a tentative calm begins to creep back in. Hostilities began Sunday evening when an Israeli unit was caught working undercover in the southern Gaza town of Khan Yunis. Israeli officials say it was an intelligence-gathering mission gone awry, while Hamas says the unit was there to assassinate one of their members. Seven to ten Palestinians, mostly militants, were killed in the resulting exchange of fire, as well as Israeli Lieutenant Colonel Mem, as he's been addressed in the press. Another Israeli soldier was injured before their team was extracted, but this ultimately led to the back and forth over the last few days. One civilian in Israel was killed and at least 50 others were injured in the Hamas rocket and mortar attacks. Israel in turn reportedly struck at least 150 targets within the Strip. So far we have struck more than 150 military targets, all of them military targets belonging to either the Hamas or the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, again signifying the difference here between what the terrorists do and what we do. They target civilians and we target terrorist uh, activities. On a related note, following the two days of rocket fire in the south, many ministers, Knesset members and civilians alike are today criticizing the Israeli government's willingness to end hostilities with the terror groups in Gaza. In fact, in protest against what he called a capitulation to terror, Defense Minister Avigdor Lieberman has today resigned from his post. Speaking to a specially convened press conference, Lieberman said the ceasefire made it so that he could no longer fulfill his role in the cabinet. <laughs> Obviously, 
Oddly, though, this resignation doesn't come as a surprise, as Channel 10 actually reported that during the ceasefire talks, Lieberman, Justice Minister Ayelet Chaked, Environmental Protection Minister Zev Elkin, and Education Minister Naftali Bennett all proposed an alternative response. But their idea was rejected by other ministers at the meeting, and Lieberman was obviously furious. Well, now, before the dust has even settled, Education Minister Naftali Bennett and several Likud members are already claiming that they are Lieberman's rightful replacement. Threats to leave the coalition have even been made over the appointment, putting Prime Minister Netanyahu in a very tough spot to negotiate, choosing between a defense minister who will toe the party line and a potential early election. Meanwhile, several other politicians have also taken the opportunity to slam Netanyahu for a supposedly lax response to Hamas. Zionist Union Chairman Avi Gabay and Yeshatid Head Yair Lapid both criticized the Prime Minister for, quote, failing to restore calm and for not having a long-term plan to deal with the threats in the South. And during an army radio interview, even the father of late IDF soldier Hadar Golden, whose body is still being held by Hamas in Gaza, said that, quote, the prime minister has turned us into a country of suckers, and in the Middle East, it's very dangerous to be a sucker. He added that the prime minister is knowingly endangering IDF soldiers and civilians because Hamas has not paid anything for its behavior in abducting a soldier. If they had signed a ceasefire agreement and demanded and received the soldiers, which the prime minister promised, the picture would have looked very different. We would not look like suckers, but the situation is getting worse from week to week, end quote. Joining us now is Naftali Ben-Simon, a journalist and member of the Likud party, with more on the resignation of Defense Minister Lieberman and the coalition crisis his absence may cause. Naftali, thank you so much for coming back in today. Good evening. All right, so first of all, yeah, what are your initial reactions to Lieberman's resignation? Uh, why do you think he, he did it, and who do you think is the real beneficiary uh, of this resignation? Well, there is no doubt that it's a, a political earthquake. Not every day uh, the Minister of Defense is resigning. And, and, and 24 hours after a ceasefire, a very fragile a ceasefire with uh, Hamas. So it's obviously it's a political earthquake. And we are asking ourselves to, now who, who, who will come next after uh, Lieberman? And there are some choices, uh, and Prime Minister Netanyahu have to have to decide very fast before it, it will become uh, more fragile. Uh, his coalition, who will be who will, who will replace Lieberman, or we are going to a new election? So that's actually really my my next question. Anyway, is what do you think is more likely? Are we headed to elections, or do you think that it's more likely that Netanyahu will will find somebody, anyone? you know, at, at some point to, f- to fill the role? Well, it's not the best time for and uh, the best timing for Prime Minister Netanyahu to go for an, uh, for a, a, right. an election. It's not good for him now. Yeah, and a lot uh, of different pending the, 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 cases. The, the public that... criticism and, and sure. uh, it's, it's not good. But uh, we, uh, with a coalition of 61 members without Lieberman and his party, it, it will be very difficult. And we, and, and of course... Uh, he will not uh, hold uh, the, this portfolio of the Minister of Defense, Netanyahu, and he, he will bring someone. And the question, who, who will be? Naftali? No, not me. Naftali Bennett? Or uh, someone from outside? And we can, uh, as we can see, Naftali Bennett, he, he can make some uh, I mean, uh, problems for, uh, for uh, uh, the coalition. So... Now, what, what I see here is we are like playing a political game on the back of the citizen of the South. Mm. And the ridiculous situation is that after this re- resignation, I think uh, the biggest winner of the day 
is Hamas, unfortunately. All right, so, you know, my final question today is, you know, assuming somebody like Bennett or Ayala Chaked does take up the defense ministry position, uh, you know, and they, and as you said, they have a lot to, to bargain with, uh, mostly their position in the coalition. So if they were to take up the new defense ministry position, how would their policies actually even really change that, uh, from Lieberman's? Uh, it will not be any change, mm. any difference, but uh, at least they want uh, uh, to show to the public that they... You have to understand, Aaron, uh, mm. being a minister of defense, it's a statement, it's a political statement that you can be also a prime minister. In Israel, if you are not a, a minister of defense, if you are not a general, if you are not someone that saw the enemy uh, mm. from close... It's impossible to be a prime minister. And Naftali Bennett think only about that. How he can be a prime minister from this position of minister of defense. But it's that. It, it, do you think he will have any uh, different policy uh, towards Gaza? I don't think so. I don't think so. All right, Naftali, thank you so much for coming in. My uh, pleasure. Naftali Benzimon. Returning now to Israel's south, 41-year-old Lieutenant Colonel Mem was laid to rest yesterday, leaving behind a wife and two children. But Lieutenant Colonel Mem wasn't the only victim of Hamas's indiscriminate attacks. A Palestinian husband and father of six from Khalkhul, just north of Hebron in the West Bank, was also killed in Ashkelon when a rocket landed on the apartment building that he was in. He was identified later as 48-year-old building contractor Mahmoud Abu Azba, and eight others were also injured in that same shelling, two critically. In fact, at least 50 other civilians in Israel were also wounded and or hospitalized by the two days of Hamas rocket and mortar fire. That's why, despite the shaky ceasefire appearing to hold, many Israeli citizens are siding with the now former defense minister, Avigdor Lieberman. Many Israelis, especially residents of the southern Gaza border communities, are today demanding that the government do more to end the threat from Hamas. Right after information of a ceasefire was released, protesters in the south headed to the streets to burn tires and block roads to express their frustration with the government. Demonstrators chanted that they don't want to live a life under terror anymore. They intend to protest and block streets in Tel Aviv today as well. Rather than wait through a ceasefire they have no hope in, southern Israelis like Reut Basis from Sterot say, quote, it's better to suffer in the safe rooms and once and for all put an end to all of this, end quote. Because she knows that, quote, a month from now it will be the same thing again. Another few days and again there will be missiles and nothing will have changed. It's unreasonable that this is how our lives look, end quote. Miri, another resident from Sterot, similarly stated that she thinks Israel is shooting itself in the foot, explaining that, quote, we have been at war for 17 years. Our children are soldiers, they have PTSD. We are no longer willing to let them fool us. We do not believe neither in the government nor its leader. Meanwhile, the United Nations Security Council met behind closed doors yesterday to discuss the conflict for themselves. The council meeting was initiated by the uh, request of Kuwait, Bolivia, and the PA's UN envoy. Permanent U.N. observer Riyad Mansoul condemned, quote, Israel's aggression, end quote, for starting the violence. Kuwait, which represents many Arab countries, chimed in as well, as monitoring on social media also reflected the currently heightened hostility against Israel in the Arab world. Israeli United Nations Ambassador Dani Danon, on the other hand, addressed the U.N. ahead of the Security Council meeting to point out that first, Israel did not start the aggressions, and second, 
Regardless of what started it, Hamas commits war crimes every time it targets civilian populations. Every time Hamas fires a rocket, children at school, adults at work, families across Israel hear this. We take actions to protect our people. And when you know that someone is digging a tunnel or someone is planning an attack or a kidnap attack, you take protective actions. We will continue to take those actions no matter where it will take place in order to prevent future assaults on our people. France and the United States also came out against Hamas's actions in the strongest possible terms, saying it's unacceptable under any circumstances to intentionally terrorize non-combative communities. France condemns in the strongest terms the rocket launches from Hamas against civilian targets on the Israeli territory. The fear in which the populations of southern Israel live must stop. That's a very important thing. At the same time, the disproportionate violence against Palestinians must also stop. Former Pink Floyd frontman Roger Waters is one of the most outspoken and controversial faces of the anti-Israel BDS boycott movement. But now in Argentina, as the musician is touring Latin America, local Jews have started a campaign against him. LTV's Joy Gavijon is here to tell us more. Thanks, Aaron. So as you said, Roger Waters is currently in South America with his Waters As Plus Dem tour. And as expected, he took his time to speak out against Israel. Now, during his time in Argentina, he gave two shows uh, and he participated in a pro VDS event in Buenos Aires where he tagged Israel as an apartheid state, accusing Israel of killing Palestinian children, called the public to keep fighting and pressuring Israel and the United States and so on. Well, it's, it's sad to say, but this is not surprising at all. Uh, we've, reported, not, yeah, we've reported yeah. on Waters and his anti-Israel activism many times. Uh, so then what happened now exactly with the Jewish community in Argentina? You know, I saw some headlines saying something about their campaign. Yeah. Well, some Jewish institutions released statements and decided to condemn Roger Waters. Uh, the, the Argentina Zionist organization called him, quote, one of the great anti-Semites of our time, end quote. And this was in an online campaign against the singer titled Roger Waters Out. Now, the petition was sent to the organizers of the shows and has gotten almost 8,000 signatures. Wow. And it ends saying, quote, we Latin Americans uh, say to Roger Waters, we wish you weren't here, end quote. All right, well, that is something. I especially love the pun. Yes, yes. Yeah. And that's not all, because the Simon Weisenthal Center also released a statement saying that Roger Waters came to Latin America only to promote the VDS. And mm. they focused on how he uses anti-Semitic symbols under the pretext of artistic freedom. And they cite, as an example, the pig-shaped balloon that he uses on his shows that has a Star of David on it. And so... Wow. So, yeah, I mean, again, now some of these arguments are nothing new, you know, the pig balloon, for example. So at least for me, what's most shocking right now is really more the timing. I mean, this is less than three weeks since the Tree of Life synagogue shooting in Pittsburgh, where 11 people were murdered. Yet this anti-Semitic rhetoric and hateful behavior still comes to light and is supported by other artists. Yes, it's terrible. But luckily, some celebrities are standing against anti-Semitism. Uh, actress and activist Alisa Milano announced that she's not going to be uh, speaking at the next Women's March unless the leaders and organizers Linda Sarsour and Tamika Mallory, who have been aligned with Louis Farrakhan, condemn his latest remarks about Jews. 
And she's not alone in this because uh, she was followed by actress uh, Deborah Messing, too. So. All right, well, that's pretty fair to ask, I think, considering that Farrakhan compared Jews to termites and said that satanic Jews have infected the whole world with poison. So how did the Women's March respond, though? Well, yeah, so, so far the Women's March, or, uh, Women's March organizers released a statement saying that their leaders stand against anti-Semitism in all forms, but there is still neither a response from Sarsour and Mallory themselves, nor a condemnation of Farrakhan. And that, that's basically what Milano and Messing are expecting, what they're waiting for. Sure. So. All right, well, this is far from the only conflict, unfortunately, in Hollywood with respect to the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. Uh, I mean, there's also this uh, big online campaign launched by the V Palestine team to yeah. condemn Hollywood stars for supporting the IDF. Right, and that started because many Hollywood celebrities, actually more than a thousand celebrities, including Ashton Kutcher, Pharrell Williams, and Andy Garcia, among others, participated in the annual conference of Friends of the IDF in California, where they raised almost $60 million wow. in donations for the Israeli army. And now, of course, they're under the gun of pro-Palestinian yes. and anti-Israel groups, I see. Exactly, yes. Uh, so, all right, well, it makes sense that they're getting backlash by, backlash by these pro-Palestinian activists uh, uh, who are promoting the idea that, you know, Hollywood funds terror with a hashtag. Yeah, uh, now there's this hashtag that says Hollywood funds terror and it's trending topics. Um, yeah. All right, well. Well, I'm curious to see how this uh, all plays out. I expect you back when more, uh, more on this comes out. Thank you for your report, Joy. Of course, Aaron. Speaking of anti-Semitism, a letter written in 1922 by a then 43-year-old Albert Einstein has just sold at auction for a sizable $39,000. And in the letter addressed to his sister, the famous physicist details his fears regarding the rising anti-Semitism and Nazi presence in Germany. This is a letter Einstein wrote uh, to his sister in 19, August 1922, a few weeks after Rattenhau was assassinated. Uh, and in Einstein in that time escaped from Berlin because he was afraid uh, that he's the next one. And he's writing to his sister and he's speaking about anti-Semitism and the hate that he feels in Germany. And this is more than 10 years before the German, the Nazis, are going to government. The letter reads, quote, Here are brewing economically and politically dark times, so I'm happy to be able to get away from everything. Nobody knows where I am and I'm believed to be missing, end quote. It continues, though, that, quote, I'm doing quite well in spite of all the anti-Semites among my German colleagues, end quote. According to historical record, Einstein was likely setting off from the northern port of Kiel en route to Japan when he wrote the letter to his sister Maja. Authorities apparently told Einstein that he was not safe and may even be the next target for attack following the assassination of his friend and fellow Jew, Foreign Minister Walter Rathenau. And clearly, his caution paid off, as 10 years later, when the Nazi regime finally rose to power, he was away on a tour abroad. He later renounced his German citizenship altogether, relocating to the United States, where he remained until his death in 1955. Moving on, diabetes is a major public health issue, and it can often take over the lives of those who suffer from it. Now, in most cases, diabetes treatment is associated with injections, but a new Israeli innovation is fighting the global diabetes epidemic in a very different way, and just in time for today's Global Diabetes Awareness Day. LTV's Doriel Mizrahi joins us with more. So, Aaron, this is really incredible. A Jerusalem-based company called Oramed Pharmaceuticals has developed an innovative oral insulin capsule, ultimately transforming the injectable treatments we know today into oral therapies. 
So, okay, just to be clear, this isn't any sort of cure or anything, but just an alternative to injections, correct? Exactly. Dramatic and sustained changes to diet and exercise have produced wonderful results, but there's currently no simple cure for either type 1 or type 2 diabetes. Still, Oramed is really changing the rules of the game along with other breakthrough Israeli medical technologies, and the capsules created are for both types of diabetes and are currently in advanced FDA clinical trials. Wow, that sounds amazing. It is. And I love that there will be patients that are not going to be insulin dependent like they were. And the drug will be far less expensive. So people's wallet will also be given a break. I'm happy to hear that. Uh, you know, it's always, it's always good for people to both have their cake and eat it too in such a way, you know, have their medications and not go broke. So <laughs> thank you for your report, Dalia. Thank you for having me. In other high-tech news, Israeli scientists have now announced that they've discovered a way to engineer tissue implants using a patient's own cells. That's not all. Tel Aviv researchers say that their fully personalized tissue implant could pave the way towards developing any kind of tissue implants from just one small fatty tissue biopsy. The research was revealed in a university statement after its publication in the scientific journal Advanced Materials. And according to the research, the new tissue implants will be engineered from the patient's own biomaterial cells. As a result, scientists say that this development will greatly reduce the risk of a negative immune response to an organ transplant. The current method for tissue engineering is where cells are isolated from the patient and cultured in biomaterials, synthetic or natural, which are typically derived from plants or animals and assembled into functional tissue structures. But after the transplant, it can still lead to an immune response that can ultimately reject the implanted tissue. And just to deal with this risk, patients who are recipients of these engineered tissues are often treated with immunosuppressants, which can endanger the patient's health. So this breakthrough will greatly reduce this risk as well. Finally, as if this wasn't enough, at a later stage, the researchers are planning to regenerate organs, including intestines and eyes, again using the patient's own materials and cells as a base. It's safe to say that anything and everything that the Facebook CEO and co-founder Mark Zuckerberg does on his social media platform does not go unnoticed. And his recent joining of the popular Facebook group Secret Tel Aviv has definitely turned some heads as well now. ILTV's Emmanuel Kadosh has the details. Thanks, Aaron. Well, like you said, it's pretty hard to go unnoticed when, A, you started this genius social media platform that has completely changed the world, which we know is Facebook, and B, he has close to 200 million followers on Facebook. Nothing he does won't get some sort of attention. Even just posting a picture of his wife got over 80,000 likes. Wow. And then, of course, C, if you know anything about Secret Tel Aviv, it's the community. The community is on point with everything that happens. So when Mark decided to join, the online community went nuts. One person posted a photo that he had joined uh, Secret Tel Aviv and I got hundreds of comments and thousands of likes, making everyone question if he's planning on visiting or moving to the Holy Land. All right. I mean, it, it kind of is pretty exciting is, is. that he even noticed this group. He's probably exposed to many, many other Facebook groups and pages that, uh, you know, having him like or our little Secret Tel Aviv is kind of an honor. It is, yeah. So, so tell me, okay, is he coming for a visit or is he moving to Israel? Because I've heard some pretty crazy rumors. Well, like we've learned probably the hard way, you can't trust everything you read online. However, when another member shared a screenshot of Zuckerberg joining the group, Mark responded by saying, quote, hey, I'm glad to be here to stay more connected with Tel Aviv. It's been too long since my last visit and thanks for creating this community. So hopefully a future trip is planned for the social media master, but one thing is for sure, he's totally totally on board with the whole hummus-loving aspect of the country. One member commented on the screenshot and wrote, I hope that our new member likes hummus, to which Zuckerberg responded, everyone likes hummus. And you can imagine that, you know, the comment alone got hundreds of likes. 
All right. It's I can't imagine, but it's it's still kind of boggling. Yeah. Uh, but it's nice to know that he appreciates the group, and we all know the founder of Secret Tel Aviv, uh, Johnny Stark, and and so I'm sure he's very excited about right. this too. Uh, so welcome, Mark Zuckerberg, to Secret Tel Aviv, uh, to our family, and uh, thanks, Manuel, for the update. You're welcome. And now for our Hebrew word of the day, Defense Minister Avigdor Lieberman resigned from his position today, so today's word is litpater, meaning to quit or resign. Now, you may not agree with Lieberman's reasoning or logic, but you've got to have respect for someone who's willing to resign or lehitpater over what he or she believes. Just don't confuse lehitpater, meaning to resign, with lefater, meaning to fire someone. Sure, they share the same root and they sound very similar, but their implications are quite different, as you may have gathered. Now, let's go ahead and take a look at the weather forecast. Tonight should be partly cloudy and with a chance of showers and a low of around 61 or 16 degrees Celsius. Then tomorrow you can expect little to no changes in the weather and a high of about 72 or 22 degrees Celsius.